Hi, this is David. Welcome to the Stream of David. In today's episode, we're going to discuss bullying. This is a topic that I've had some experience with while growing up, as I'm sure most of you have. I recall when I was eight years old, after my parents' divorce, I'd gained a lot of weight. I was a chubby little kid. And there was an older kid named Mark who set his sights on me and my weight gain for some reason and decided to lay into me about it in front of a lot of other kids. And since this was over 40 years ago, I can't recall exactly what he said. But to this day, I can recall the feeling of being taunted and ridiculed in front of others and the feeling of powerlessness as I could no longer hold back my tears while I watched my friends stand around and laugh while I was being abused. Now, I grew up in an apartment complex, and there was an interesting, very eclectic mix of people around me as a child. From age six on, I was exposed to prostitutes, to drug dealers, and to pedophiles. And at this point, I had already rebuffed the advances of a couple of different adults who were looking to abuse me. So I had an inner strength when it came to people that I saw as an enemy. But in the case of Mark, he was a friend who seemingly just turned on me for his own pleasure. And to this day, I still cannot comprehend that type of behavior, especially towards someone who you believe is a friend. I will tell you that after that incident, I did go on to find my strength. In the seventh grade, I remember receiving a telephone call from another kid from school, a kid that I don't even believe I ever had a conversation with and certainly paid no attention to. And this kid, randomly, just called me to say that he was going to beat me up at school the next day. I don't remember what I said to him on the phone. I'm sure I ended the conversation quickly, since I had no idea why he was calling me, why he was looking to beat me up, or even really who he was. But I went to school the next day, and on the bus in the morning, told my best friend Brian about it. And Brian had very good advice for me. He told me the first thing I needed to do that day was to go confront the bully directly. And that's exactly what I did. I don't even remember this kid's name at this point, but I do recall walking right up to him, looking him straight in the eye, and he was a few inches taller than me, and inviting him to start the fight that he said that he was going to start. Needless to say, he was shocked. He just stood there, told me to get away from him finally. I think I even asked if he was sure. And then I left, and he never bothered me again. I grew up in the 70s and 80s in a small town in the South. And in that environment, it wasn't unusual for boys' fathers to teach them how to fistfight. And there were quite a few fistfights at school. Well, I didn't have a father around, and my older brother was deeply religious and didn't get involved in such things. And though I rebuffed the bully in the seventh grade, I still felt pretty insecure about my fighting skills. I recall in the ninth grade, which was the last year of junior high in my hometown, the biggest bully by far in our school was named Daniel. Daniel seemed to make the rounds to everyone in school, at least every boy in school, at some point, picking on them. He was taller. He'd been held back several years. He was from a really rough family. He had an older brother that was already in prison and a younger brother who was in juvenile detention for burning a building down. And I remember watching one day as he spat in the face of the quarterback of our football team, the most popular guy in school, 
right in front of his girlfriend. The quarterback, who was a pretty big guy, did nothing, and I was really shocked. After that day, Daniel went on to pick on a few of my friends, and eventually he set his sights on me. One day, at lunch break, right outside the cafeteria doors, he shoved me, and he said something. I don't even remember what at this point. And I absolutely lost it. I got into, not a fist fight, but definitely a, a tussle with him and ended up shoving his head through a glass window. Now, I'm not here to promote violence. I will tell you that this was the last physical altercation I was ever in. But it did feel pretty good. It felt very good for me to set aside my fear because I certainly was not some tough guy. I was not a trained fighter and certainly physically inferior to this kid. But I believe those last two incidents that I described were defining moments for me, where I reached a place where I just didn't care anymore. I was not going to allow myself to be bullied, and I certainly was not going to allow myself to be fearful. I don't know what happened to Daniel after that. Believe it or not, there were no repercussions. Uh, again, this was the 80s and this was the Deep South. So uh, I guess shoving a kid's uh, head through the window at that point just wasn't such a big deal as it would be today. The vice principal congratulated me for standing up to the bully and sent me back to class. And that was literally the end of it. And since that time, I have not attracted any more bullies into my life. I did not share these stories you are your children to get into physical altercations. I shared them because they are my personal stories. And I do believe that we attract our bullies into our lives via our fear. And I understand that we live in very different times today where people walk into schools with guns and shoot people. That certainly didn't happen when I was a kid. But if you know and believe anything about the law of attraction, you know that it's far better to focus on safety than fear. And today I live in Tiburon, California, and I have a 16-year-old family member who lives with me, and she attends Redwood High School, a public school here in Marin County. And if you're familiar with Marin, it's a very, very wealthy area. And even though she attends public school, she goes to school with kids who drive Mercedes and Range Rovers and wear Rolex watches to school. And though there are far fewer physical altercations in her school than there were in mine in Louisiana, I'm astounded at how horrible these kids can be to one another. In Louisiana in the 80s, we did physically to one another what these kids today do emotionally to one another. Recently, she attended homecoming, and she put a lot of time and effort, and we put a lot of money into her outfit for the night. And immediately when she walked into the dance, a group of girls decided they needed to take her down. Tatiana is Latina, and one of the girls decided she needed to walk over and tell her how horrible she looked, and she did not. She was absolutely gorgeous. And that she needed to go back to the ghetto where she belongs. So I can confirm that bullying and racism are alive and well, even in very liberal Marin County. 
Luckily, Tatiana is pretty strong, and she took this in stride and went on to have a good night and came home laughing about the incident, which made me very happy. And after that incident, she had yet another incident where a girl in the library decided to walk over and pour glitter all over her. I guess this is today's version of assault between girls. I had to go pick her up from school that day, and she was quite upset. See, this is her first year at that high school, and it seems the more the boys at the school become interested in her, the more of a threat she becomes to some of the other girls. And in their own insecurities, they lash out at her. And I know this is not isolated to Tatiana, but just another example of what bullying is like today. And of course, they have the added layer of social media as a platform to share their feelings about one another. In the 80s, we were limited to physical altercations and published home telephone numbers. Now I'm going to take a quick break, and when we return, the stream will share their perspective and their guidance on this topic. We are here. David has asked us to come today and share our perspective and guidance on the topic of bullying. Bullying, like every topic regarding more than one person, is a joint creative experience. Attraction is in play, and the bully and the one being bullied could not be joined in this process without attraction. First, we will discuss the one being bullied. If you are new to our teachings, you may be asking at this point, why would anyone ask to be bullied? While very few ask directly to be bullied, the asking is accomplished through thought and through beliefs. The thought of being weak, the thought of being vulnerable, the thought of being less than, are often a result of long-held beliefs instilled early in childhood. While you all come to this lifetime with full knowledge of your power, you, from the point of conception, acquire an ego. Your ego is intended to serve you during your lifetime by driving you to overcome your obstacles and separating you just enough from your soul consciousness so that you may enjoy a physically manifested human experience. And a component of this ego branch of your consciousness is fear. Your fear is also intended to serve you. Early on in your species, when you were living in the wild amongst all sorts of animals, your ego drove you to believe that you would and could survive in that environment, even though there were larger, more powerful animals that were at that time above you on what you call the food chain. But your fear was the component that would occasionally take over until your ego to step back. That, when threatened by the presence of a larger animal that could surely lead to your demise, perhaps you should hide. Perhaps you should run, or perhaps you should use your superior intellect to outsmart the beast. And today, 
fear still serves a purpose. Fear is the thing that tells you not to touch the fire for fear of getting burned. Fear is the thing that tells you to step out of the path of the speeding car. And fear steps in to get your attention during a health crisis. These are, of course, positive examples of your fear component. But fear is powerful and is utilized, perhaps more than anything in your current environment, to control you. Many of you no longer even realize it, but you are met daily with threats that instill fear to control you, to take your money, and to coerce you into conforming to the beliefs of another. Your laws play upon your fear of incarceration. If you are employed, your employer likely plays upon your fear of being unemployed, poverty. And of course, you have governments and even terrorist groups playing upon your fear of death and destruction. You have all likely been a victim of fear at some point. And you have all likely used fear to motivate others at some point, especially if you are an employer or a parent. Fear is a tool employed by most humans at some point. This is because it's so powerful. Take a moment to think of all of the things in your life that induce fear in you. Think of the actions that you take, perhaps daily, that at their root are driven by fear. Imagine what your life would be if you no longer allowed fear to play a factor in any decision that you make. We often say that if you did not have rules and laws and judgment, you would not need rules and laws and judgment. And you may ask upon hearing this, if there are no rules or laws or judgment, what's to keep one from harming another? Well, we are here to tell you that any act of harming another in any way is always rooted in fear. Perhaps you have not yet reached this conclusion, but we are here to guide you to understand that the one who seeks to bully, the one who seeks to govern or rule, the one who seeks to dominate, and even the one who seeks, in their benevolence, to assist you, is doing so because they do not believe that you can assist yourselves. Each of these are rooted in fear. The bully is so fearful of recognizing or accepting their own shortcomings that they must point out that of others, that which they perceive, in order to feel better about themselves. The leaders that seek to rule, that seek to make your decisions for you, even the ones with whom you agree with, do so from a place of fear that you are not able to do this for yourselves, and if they are not in power over others, that they will not be able to manifest the things that they desire. And of course, there are even more extreme examples, such as terrorists, who openly use fear to get their way, as well as those who take your spiritual connection, your knowing of your own higher power, and twist that into a religion with a set of rules often with the threat of eternal damnation for not following them, because they believe that if you do not share their beliefs, that their beliefs are invalid, and they believe that by controlling you, they hold more power. For they obviously do not believe in their own personal power to create the life that they want 
to create their own inner world the way they wish for it to be. So you see that all bullying, all control, all governing at its root is fear-based. And we are here to tell you that beyond getting out of the way of the speeding car or running away from the animal that wishes to have you for dinner or not sticking your hand in an open flame, fear holds no value for you whatsoever. And it is the thing that is holding most of you back from achieving your dreams and from living the lives of freedom and joy that you came here to experience. So, how do you stop yourselves from attracting the bullies into your lives? You do so by connecting with your stream and releasing your fears. Any object or person or even entity only has the power that you give to it. If you believe that your government's actions that you perhaps disagree with will adversely impact your life, then it probably will. But if you tune your government's actions out and focus on living the joyful life that you came here to experience, then you will not find those unwanted conditions coming into your life. And if you release your belief that your current employer is your only source of survival, or perhaps you have a belief that someone you are involved with must remain in your life, even though they are treating you poorly. Once you overcome your fear and turn your attention toward what you want, you will be amazed at how these people suddenly have far less control over you, and in most cases will simply fade away from your life altogether. We speak often of the vibrational spiral that you all experience, that your emotions or your vibration are like a ring on a spiral, and you are constantly in flux, spiraling up, spiraling down. And this spiral is governed by polarity, the polarity of your universe that governs all things. And left unmanaged by you, your place on this spiral is at the mercy of polarity. Sometimes you spiral up naturally, other times you spiral down. In the center of the spiral, a very small portion of the spiral is neutral, meaning no thought. Of course, you do not stay in neutral very long. This is why we teach meditation, why we guide you to focus, to maintain your position on the spiral. And, as with any topic, if you have traveled far down the path on the topic of bullying, if you find one or more people in your life seeking to inflict emotional pain or even physical pain upon you so that they may soothe their own disconnection from their stream, so that they may feel better about themselves based on their own fears, then you do indeed have some work to do. The good news is, this work is easy and it's free. You have the power to maintain your position on your spiral on this or any topic. And if your vibrational spiral position on the topic of bullying is low down into negative, and you are experiencing this in your life, 
you can begin today, right now, turning your attention away from that, turning your attention toward your personal power, toward safety. You can, right now, stop caring what another says about you or thinks about you. If you are far down the path and in true danger of physical harm, you may very well need to take wise precautions to protect yourself, but you must find a way, any way possible, to transform your fear into power, into a consistent mental state of safety, of not caring what another one thinks or says, knowing that you will no longer invite harm from another. Now, if the subject of bullying is not you, but someone that you love, perhaps your child, this topic can be very difficult, we understand, because you do not have the power to create for them. You cannot really instill a sense of safety or a sense of confidence in another if they are unwilling to travel down that path with you. And we understand the feeling of helplessness as you watch one that you love being victimized, knowing of their personal power that they do not yet believe in. And we are here to tell you that the very best you can do in this situation is to first provide your own stream-connected example of confidence, of projection of thought towards safety, toward your own personal power. Then, from that stance, you must understand their perspective. If you are listening to this, you have taken a huge step forward in utilizing your own personal power. You have opened yourself up to channeled material. And you have very likely accepted full responsibility for what's happening in your life. Even if it doesn't always feel good. At least in the beginning. But you cannot hand this message to another who is not yet in a place to be ready to hear it. The one who is not connected to their stream. Who feels victimized. Perhaps perpetually victimized. Cannot relate to this type of message. In order to help them. You must approach them starting at their perspective and attempt as best you can to assist them from where they are on their spiral upward, knowing that you are not going to take them from despair to pure joy instantaneously, that you must work your way up the spiral, perhaps reach a place of neutrality, and then work your way toward more positive thoughts. Everyone has their own place on their own spiral, on a multitude of topics. While it is not your place to judge for another, or create for another, we certainly understand your desire to be of help, to be of service. But just like the benevolent leaders that we spoke of earlier, you must also understand that your lack of confidence in your loved one's ability to maintain control over their spiral and to work their way out of a place of victimization will be of no service to them. For this is truly rooted in your own fear. This is why we say the very best thing that you can do for another, even if that other is your child, is to provide your own stream connected example. And there is truly little that you can do to control another. If you are a parent, you probably understand exactly what we are saying. For often, as much as you attempt to control your child, 
they are often determined to live the life of their dreams, to seek their own freedom and their own version of joy, regardless of what your desires are. This is the perfection of the universe. This is why your child came, not to please you, but at the root of their soul's consciousness, to please themselves and to create for themselves. And if you have not already, you will come to understand that while you can attempt to teach and guide and set an example, you cannot control. And very often, the more rebellious your child is, the more expansion their soul is seeking. And if you do your best to instill confidence and strength in that child rather than fear, and you stand in firm footing of your stream and your confidence, you will likely be pleased with the outcome, even if not with the process. So be strong, be fearless, and teach your children the same. Set your examples of these and project your wishes of strength and fearlessness on those that you love. Then get out of their way and let them create for themselves. For you are truly not their creator and should not be seeking to create or control another any more than you wish to be created or controlled for. We are also here to tell you that it is true that if every person on your planet suddenly discovered their stream, if they released all of their fear, all of their doubt, and lived in firm footing of confidence, you would, for a moment, experience a utopian life here on Earth, a freedom and joy, with zero negativity, with nothing unwanted coming your way. It would be exactly like your soul's knowledge of your completed state, that which you call death when you are non-physically manifested. And it is indeed a joyous existence, but we are here to tell you that that will never be while physically manifested. Because you exist that way, in a completed state, there would be absolutely no need for physical manifestation at all. And we are here to tell you that you manifest physically for the positive and negative physically manifested experience. You came to experience unwanted conditions, including bullying. Because you came to explore, to experience, to discern your preferences, which very likely include not being bullied, and to use your ego and your intellect to overcome these conditions, these circumstances, all of them. This is why you place these in your paths every single time. And standing in firm footing within your stream, you can come to understand that your obstacles can all be overcome. There is nothing that you can place in your paths you cannot also overcome. The bully is your creation. And you can send that bully away through your projected thought of safety, of strength, of power, just as quickly as that bully likely arrived in your life. You are the power. You are the creator. And you came here to experience it all, positive and negative. An existence in pure positive is joyous indeed, but it does not offer the expansion or the challenge of living a physically manifested existence.
That's why you choose to do this. And that's why you choose to come over and over again. For you have likely noticed that as soon as you overcome one obstacle, another one arrives. And if you are in control of your place on the vibrational spiral, you will notice that your obstacles are far easier to deal with when you maintain a place of neutral or higher on the spiral. So be in control of this and all aspects of your lives and know that you create it all and enjoy that process. This is all we have on this topic. Hi, this is David. I just got through listening to the playback. I believe they provided some very good insight onto why we attract bullies and why bullies do what they do, as well as some useful tools on changing your projected thought so that this or any other unwanted condition can be changed. If you have follow-up questions or comments on this topic, you can go to the blog at thestreamofdavid.com and post them there. You may also email me directly at david at thestreamofdavid.com. And I am interacting quite a bit these days on Instagram, and the Instagram page is the Stream of David. In addition, we also have a Facebook page at the Stream of David and a Twitter account at the Stream O David. Feel free to interact on any of these platforms or via email. I love interacting with all of you. I appreciate your comments and suggestions. And I'd like to encourage you, if you have not already, to subscribe to these podcasts. There are multiple ways to subscribe on our website, thestreamofdavid.com. And if you have not already, I would also like to encourage you to rate and review our podcasts on the platform that you're using. And be sure and tune in next week where our topic will be meditation and maintaining your position on your vibrational spiral. Thank you again for listening.